Y'all know why? 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 It's that time. It's that time. You know what time it is? What time is it? Time for you to get a damn watch. Time for the Chattanooga Drive-In Show. About time for you to jump out the hole before you get in too deep. Chattanooga Drive-In Show, a weekly podcast, Monday through Friday. Released at 5 a.m., dark and early every morning, so you will be informed and entertained. You will be more knowledgeable with a bigger smile on your face than you would have had without the Chattanooga Driving Show. The crew is here, the entire crew. It's going to be a special day. This is our pre-Thanksgiving show. We will not be doing a Thanksgiving show because it's Thanksgiving and we're thankful over the fact that we're in charge of our own schedule and we said to hell, no, we're not working on Thanksgiving or the day after. For that matter, that's Black Friday. That's also a national holiday. Correct. Black Lives Matter. Black Friday matters. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm certainly, I'm not going to go against the flow <laughs> in this country on that one right now, just so I can come in and work on yesterday. I can't and believe they had all those protests over it. Monday, the day after <laughs> the weekend, the holiday weekend, we're also probably going to be taking off because nobody feels like coming in over the course of the weekend and recording everything. Right. But I tell you right now, it's cold. These it's next, cold. Next two months are going to be kind of a mess is, is the point. Yeah, I mean, we it's Monday through Friday mostly, <laughs> at 5 a.m. mostly. It's not like anyone can it's fire us. It's 5 a.m., Every time I know I'm saying, but then of course once you you know you get it, you can put it in your pocket and carry it around. It's nice and warm listen and comfy in there. Listen to four o'clock. Listen to two o'clock in the morning. You could listen to two minutes, then stop and listen for thirty seconds and stop and not listen again for another hour and forty five minutes and then listen for twenty two minutes. You could do whatever you wanted to do. <laughs> yes, welcome to the age <laughs> the of power. Welcome power. to the age of this Jeff compact finally disc. gets it. <laughs> The power. I loaded up on my reel-to-reel player. <laughs> Entertaining information and informative entertainment. Jeff Styles, my name with a Y. I have been doing the talk radio thing. Morning voice of Chattanooga thing for 30 years, damn it. Golly Moses, 30 years, three decades. And I've got uh, uh, Pimp Jen, Jen Lambert here with me. And I've got Russell Stroud, muscle, uh, Russell the Love Muscle. <laughs> And um, just, the, I was gonna say muscle of love, but that just doesn't the sound the same. Muscle of love. That's muscle of the love, Russell. The that's, that's love a, muscle. That's actually an Alice Cooper album. Not oh. a bad one either. Okay. And Brian Stone, he's over there. The <laughs> so here we go. Let's let's go ahead and do it. it, it, it like I said, it's gonna be kind of a special show. It's gonna sound similar. It's gonna be shorter. Uh, we're gonna kind of keep it concise. We'll hit the headlines. It is cold. I'm not lying. It, it's cold. It's really not that cold. It's 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 very very cold outside. It's colder than it's been, and it's going to stay cold for a while. Uh, it was hard for fro- women in their fifties. It is not cold. It was enough. hard froze at the house, <laughs> and the the dog you know water dish could be you know kicked like a you know whatever whatever it is you kick a uh, football like you know do, do it. a hockey ball and uh, all the way across the uh, the yard. <laughs> So, that they play on the court. Not happen. I like watching them try to get water when there, when there's no water and there's just ice, and they lick it and they lick it and then they lick their teeth. Yeah, <laughs> you can tell it's stinging. <laughs> I could watch it for hours. You're a very simple man, Jeff. I am a simple man with simple <laughs> pleasures. And uh, here's how we're going to do this today. I'm going to just say thank you uh, because this is the 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 era, the time of Thanksgiving. And I'm going to say thank you 
to all of our listeners, to all of our sponsors, to all of the people that helped us get this together from the very, very beginning stages before we even realized we had a a full-blown idea when it was just little germs, little seeds blowing around dandelion scenes of ideas that were just slowly coagulating together. Uh, all those people, uh, people who pushed us to do it, who said, it, it, it'll work, it'll work, when I don't think any of us were completely convinced that it would work, it would work, and it seems to be working quite nicely. Thank you very much. Especially, obviously, those who signed on early, I, I can tell the story. I don't think I really talked that much about it, but I asked a group of friends if, uh, and, and these are people who can afford it, who do this sort of thing, if they could give an, an angel investment of some small amount just to help us get going so we could actually do a week's worth of work and actually be able to pay people for it. Brian will tell you that that's so unusual in this business to actually work a week at a new gig in media, something that's especially completely new, and get paid for it. No, that's I unheard was, of. I was absolutely shocked. I was shocked. <laughs> I thought this was going to be like a trial run. Yeah. No, we no, spent no, a month no. and a half, six weeks. And no. yeah, by the time maybe the we'll, get, we'll get you paid by the 1st of January. The second pilot yeah. rolls around, and all of a sudden you've been paid every week. I every felt like, week uh, so far. When Scrooge gives the, the two guineas to his... Uh, his like maid at the very end of the movie. Yeah, it's like a Christmas present for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you mean the one that's half as big as me, sir, hanging <laughs> in the window? What a delightful young man! What a delightful young man! Now it, it's it's still poverty level wages. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that. Hey, no, I'm not going to get it. You're damn Maserati. right. It's better than zero. <laughs> now we want to say thank you to all the advertisers who who actually jumped on board and saw that there was an opportunity that this thing would you know, get attention right off the bat because of the way we're doing it, the way we're challenging the traditional radio and TV morning shows. We're challenging them directly, saying we can do what you do better. And that's just easy. It's not hard at all. Well, that. that's the easy yeah, part. Yeah, I know. I mean, doing it <laughs> better do than anything, them. I can do anything. You can do better. Except they don't have any comeback. They, they just can't. Annie Oakley has no song to sing back to ever while she was singing that way. Oh, yeah? Here's two it's, squirrels no, on can't. a roller coaster. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I well, can. Well, I've been on this journey to try to create <laughs> online content exclusively for about five years. And anybody I would talk to who might be interested in sponsorship or any kind of monetary discussions... It's like the easy part is doing the show. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's the yeah. easiest part. Yes. Got, you know, with a lot of experience in the room, that's fine. That's good. That's the easy part. Everything else is the hard part. And, yeah. and you've actually pulled that off, so I'm very thankful for that as well. And I'm going to yeah. go ahead and say thank, thanks right, right off the bat to some people whose names you won't necessarily recognize. And they didn't ask for recognition. They're going to get a little bit of it here. Jamie Hurst, Joe Honey, Ella Smith, and Kevin Condra could not have happened without these guys. These guys have really stepped in as business mentors, and they're the ones that are moving us into where we are now, which is the full-blown investment phase. I mean, we did the angel gifts that came in, and let me go ahead and say thanks to all the people that did that. John and Sharon Law, Don Leopard, uh, Strat Parrott, Bruce Dodd, Dale and Carol Deason, Bob and Cheryl Kellerman, uh, then we had 
the people who came on as advertisers, the Sports Barn, Chattanooga Safety Products, RC2 Realty Solutions, Tennessee American Water Company, Guardian Investment Advisors, People's Home Equity, and all the rest of these people. Jennifer Flynn. Oh, Jennifer uh, Flynn, the absolutely. American, Tennessee American Water Company. Absolutely. And, People's Home and, Equity. And uh, to... to, to to, to Rachel Lawson, uh, to, to, to Taft Sibley, who's uh, in the background, to Jeff Greenspan, who's been arranging these outside looking ins. And they, that's a fun little segment. It really is. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to everybody who actually gave something to Kickstarter and gave us that kickstart. That's a great name for it because we didn't <laughs> yeah. think we were going to make it, but we made our goal, and that felt great. Leslie Barak, too. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're just, just, there's, there's tons of names. Uh, Mike Chambers, uh, Alan, Alan the Arguer, Dave Bartow, the people who were in the beginning that were doing our shotgun shout-outs, and they're going to be doing them again, too. Mm -hmm. I just need to actually get more of them together and get a, a kind of a, you know, some kind of calendar put together. But thanks to everybody. Thanks to you for listening. Please continue to spread the word. It's real easy. Turn somebody on to it. They will listen. They will either like it or they won't. Within the first five minutes, they will know if they like this show or not. It's not they're not going to listen to it 18 times and say it's beginning to grow on me. It, 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 you're, you're not going to be taking up any more of their time than that. And it really is. It's, it's not a hard sell. People either get it or they don't. 301-9229, that is Brian Stone gets thanks for that. Coming up with the uh, number that lets you guys get in touch with us and tell us what's happening, 301-9229. And darn proud to be able to walk in the room and say, what to Siri? Yo, Siri. Hey, Siri. Play the Chattanooga Drive-In Show on Spotify. And that works with Google as well. Okay, Google. Play Chattanooga Drive-In Show. What about Alexa? There it goes. <laughs> <It's> on Spotify. <laughs> that, who, whose was that? Was That's that yours? Hers. And it you, was my, you, look, it was mine you too. You said it and, and hers went off. But mine was Hang on, on let's do it again. Let's do it again. Because I'm let's, professional. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. All right. Now stop yours. I want to hear it start again. Oh, I thought it. That's yours, Russ. No, it's not. Mine's not set up to do it. Man, mine didn't either. It has to be yours, Jen. Well, it's coming from somebody's phone. Okay. All right. It's done. <laughs> I don't have Siri, so it Actually, wouldn't be mine. It may have been mine. You don't have Siri. Well, clearly we proved that it worked. Yeah, obviously it works because none of us <laughs> can figure out. It works so well, we can't figure out how to turn it off. Wait, wait, Siri will keep on talking. That's the problem with her. I backhanded her across the room the other day. She just never would shut up. <laughs> Quiet woman. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and actually get into something that sounds somewhat like our normal show uh, as I invite Russell to go ahead and finish taking the swallow. You notice he always mm. does that? He does. Every single time I start going, well, we're going to about to get the show started. Here comes news with Russell. Russell will be doing the news here in a second. Russell's opening up his drink. Mm. Well, I want to <laughs> make sure I'm lubricated. Um, and Russell Stroud, Russell the Love Muscle, he's coming in here. Mm. Ah, oh, doggone it, Jeff. You got me while I was drinking. Well, Jeff, it's important to... Uh, Hydrate. Uh, it's important to make sure one's lubricated. There you go. I heard that earlier today. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, well, I only have uh, two things because there's honestly not been a lot going on, but here we go. Uh, the Signal Mountain uh, Boulevard was closed down after a car ran off of the roadway. It rolled down the mountain. Oh, photos my gosh. From, yeah, photos from the scene show a red SUV badly smashed up. All the windows were broken. The SUV was actually pulling a boat when it went off of the edge. There were no fatalities, 
It took crews multiple hours, however, to reach the vehicle and safely extract the driver, and then they had to somehow get the boat from off the side of the mountain. Boats don't really have wheels, so getting it from the base of the mountain up to the top again was a rather difficult endeavor. They did manage to do it. Also on the national side, uh, President Biden ordered the release of 50 million gallons of oil from the Strategic Oil Reserve in order to reduce the price of petroleum. China and India have also agreed to do the same. This is in direct opposition to OPEC, the Middle Eastern cartel, which controls the output through the Suez Canal. And now from Plymouth Rock itself, it's Dave Hooker. Are you a booer? Dave Hooker off the hook sports. Uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield asked recently about some boos that reigned in uh, from his home fans after a 13 to 10 loss to the winless Detroit Lions. It was an embarrassment. He said, quote, those are probably the same fans that won't be quiet while we're on offense and trying to operate. Of course, he is referencing fans that are loud while Cleveland has the ball, which you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to be loud when the other team has the ball. And he said he doesn't really care about fans booing, which means he really cares about fans booing. So <laughs> your thoughts on booing as an interesting discussion. I have no problem with booing professional athletes. They're getting paid millions of dollars. I do have a huge problem with those that boo at high school football games. I know that maybe you're booing the coach's decision, but the players hear that, and it's just not good for anybody. These are kids that are doing it almost a full-time job outside of what they do in school. So I think that's a little pathetic. College is somewhere in the middle. And now that players are getting paid for their NIL agreements that they have in place, they're making thousands or tens of thousands of dollars or more in some case. So there's a gray area there, whereas had you asked me five years ago, I would have said don't boo college athletes either. But booing, are you a booer? Uh, I think it depends what level. And professional, you paid a lot for that ticket. You have every right to boo. Everywhere else, it's up for debate, except for high school. If you boo at high school, football games, you're a loser. Dave Hooker off the Hook Sports. All right, we're going to be mixing it up from this point forward. Not necessarily going in any order. We'll probably be stopping lurching going forward and backwards. Let me start right now with the this whole booing thing and, and cheering thing. Michael Flynn, right, gets out of jail. One of the one of the chief evildoers for for the Trump organization. The the what what he likes to actually call himself the the master of dirty tricks. No, that's the, somebody else. No, that's Roger Stone. Yeah, that's Roger, Roger Stone. Stone. Well, what if Flynn? Flynn's one of them. Flynn was defense under Trump initially. He was Secretary a general of or something. He, yeah, I don't know. Well, he he anyway. he he gets out of jail the other day, and attends a a, a rally of sorts, where it is a one nation under God rally, which is you know it can be code for just about virtually anything. Um, and he said, if we're going to have one nation under God, it needs to be the same God. We all need to understand that the, the American God is the Christian God. The Christian God is the American God. America is blessed by Christ as God. And that's the way it's going to have to be if we're going to make this work. And then he eggs the crowd into a chant of, 
what is it where they say when they don't say blank Joe Biden? Oh, let's, let's go, go Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, yeah, Brandon. Let's go Brandon after yeah. saying he, he he we have to serve a Christian God, he gets the crowd to sing along. Let's go Brandon. And they the, think the this really way. upsets the, the, the left that when they say "Let's go, Brandon," like it's some kind of I don't well, know. Well, just the fact that I mean, you would good do, for you, you would do that in a churching yeah. environment after saying what you just said says so much. We'll talk about that more in a yeah, little bit. They're all fake Christians, like most of them. Uh, all right, in the Waukesha tragedy, Daryl Brooks is the guy's name. It is late thirties, six kids still in critical condition. Uh, we know what happened. He was running because of some altercation, indication. Cops wanted to pull him over. He wasn't having it. He gunned it through the crowd, through the Christmas parade. Yeah. 40 people injured, five killed. Most of those that were killed were elderly. Most of those that are seriously injured are very young. And uh, he killed two of the dancing grannies and that's not a joke. They actually are an organization that's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. Older women who get out and dance for the entertainment of you know young people because it's funny to see old people do young things. Pretty terrifying stuff. What this one lady was her first time. She she was so proud. Her first time to be out there, uh, and and then it turns out there's a previous charge against Daryl Banks for using the exact same SUV to run over baby mama. He ran over the mother of his child with the vehicle, injured her. Of course he did. And yeah. she didn't charge him, and they let him keep the... He didn't face charges at all. He, he, he That's the same car he just ran through the crowd with. How does this happen? Well, and he had just been arrested and released on a $1,000 bond for another violent offense as well. And the DA's office says they're going to do an internal investigation to find out how the bail was set God, so well. There's a guy in Waukesha who owns a little record store, like Yellow Racket Records mm -hmm. on Main Street, just a regular little vinyl record store. He said 60-some-odd people came bursting through the doors to try to get out of the way. And as he was trying to shove people under record crates and stuff not that that would really help him if an suv came by but you do what you do sure he could hear the thudding of people's bodies flying over the car he counted 10 before he quit counting i mean he just naturally he just he, he just couldn't help but count 10 sure. yeah. and then when he realized what he was counting it was like hearing the the bodies hit the roof yeah. on 9 11 yeah you know uh you mentioned biden uh, uh, releasing the crude oil reserve from the u.s stockpile mm -hmm not going to take long to 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 hit the bottom of that is that just headline barrel. grabbing is yeah. that is that just headline grabbing yeah it really it's it's the, the the he's he's getting ripped over something he has no control over opec has a chokehold on oil production we got oil sitting off every single coastline we got it sitting in tankers we got it refined we got it unrefined we got refineries humming but we, uh, it, there's still, when they want to choke the actual natural flow, the bottleneck right there, mm -hmm. it will affect the world, you know, supply. Well, and there's nothing that we can do other than little bitty things like this. This literally is like throwing a spit wad in the middle of a gunfight. Well, and you have to consider, too, that oil futures are also something that is factored into the price of oil. So that's, that's entirely speculation. So some of a portion of what the price of gas is right now is based on something that hasn't even happened yet. So speculation can drive or lower prices as well. And that that gets into really really weird territory, but him doing this 
uh, is sort of, I won't say it's a breaker, but it's a, it's a temporary measure to, uh, for a couple of days, reduce the price by maybe a few cents, maybe a dollar in some areas, which is great, but it's not permanent. And, you know, we talk about what can the president do about the price of oil. This is something he can do about the price of oil. This is not something that a president should be doing every weekend. And I think he's doing it very, my opinion is I think he is doing it quite well strategically. And I'll give him total credit for that. But this should not become a habit. Kyle Rittenhouse actually spoke to Fox News and said that had he lost this case, then no one in America would ever be able to defend themselves again. Yeah, I saw the interview. And then Tucker, he, and then he said he said he's he's thinking about becoming an attorney. I'm I'm going to go ahead and he's strongly be a congressman in about I'm going to strongly <laughs> advise him to try to find another field of work. I mean, for him to sit there just with that face, that expression, that that blankness, that emptiness, believing and having been the night before the trial, they had pictures of him out again with the Proud Boys as they're singing, we're proud of you, son, we're proud of you, boy. And and then he gets on TV with on Fox and says he's not a racist and he believes in the Black Lives Matter movement and all the rest of the stuff. He he's did say that. Out, he's hanging out with their arch enemies, the people that are praising him for shooting people. And, uh, yeah, if if he had lost, no American would ever be able to defend themselves again. That's not how case law wow. works. Wow. Right. And in... At the worst, Ahmad Aubrey at the taping of this, everything's done. It's over. It's in the jury's hands. Yeah, the Dilbert. Little, there was little, you one know. gasp-inducing comment. Why I do not know, but the prosecution down there has been bizarre. Uh, the 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 defense has been bizarre. There's been all kinds of strange antics and tactics taken not as weird as Rittenhouse but the prosecution mentioned Aubrey's appearance particularly his unkempt toenails what did you not hear this no I missed that the crowd the crowd gasped because he was just basically just trying to paint a picture of somebody in in poor general condition you know, mentally, physically, you know, they've already tried to, you know, hatch on to him, latch on to him a, a mental health issue. He didn't have one. No, and he so, didn't. So he did. He he his toenails <laughs> okay. became up as an ad, as a as a as a topic in discussion and closing arguments. And this is the last one. I know that you don't watch wrestling either, Brian, but the WWE big star Seth Rollins was leaving oh, the no, bar. I, I actually do keep do an you eye keep on it. a little bit? It's, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah. He's, no. he's leaving the Barclays Center after a, after a fight, and some fan, a big That must have been Sunday night, yeah, dude, Survivor Series. So fan comes screaming out of the crowd and hits him from behind and knocks the living dog snot out I of him. I didn't see that. Picks him up, throws him down, starts wailing on him, and it takes about 18 you know, security guards to get this guy who should clearly and probably is a professional wrestler mm. somewhere on some circuit, get him off of their their superstar, Seth Rollins, who was pissed. Well, yeah. I mean, when he finally got from under, he, he, this was not a show. When he got out from under, he wanted to kill the guy. Well, who wouldn't? As you, as you could well imagine. Yeah. 
Just uh, I, I've never That's seen, crazy. I've never seen that happen before. And you think with that many rednecks packed into a place, Someone believing that wrestling <laughs> is real, is that somebody would have come off a top turnbuckle with a chair a long time ago and really creamed somebody and Well, my my skull. first thought would have been, is this staged? Because that's what this entire thing is. It's just a production. It's a television show. They swear it's not. This they was s- just uh, Monday night. I thought you were talking about Sunday night, and I actually had it on in the kitchen while I no. was. But I had it. I had it on mute. He I was. He I, was. I, I well, he was walking just and and just all of a sudden, boom! Completely blindsided. I mean, took down hard too. Um, one, one other thing, we'll kind of jump around. Also, national headlines and the regional, you know, roundup. Uh, the school system, brilliant decision, uh, has decided to give up its power on being able to quarantine anybody with COVID nineteen. A student can come to school full-blown COVID-19 and nobody at that school has the power to make them go home. That power belongs only to the sole discretion of the state commissioner of health, Dr. Lisa Piercy. There's 40,000 some odd students just in the Hamilton County system. How, how often wow. do you think she would be able to answer the phone and, and listen to the symptoms and then you hold up, hold up the stethoscope to their heart and, <laughs> and their breathing, and make a designation that that person should be allowed to go home. You got to be kidding me. I wonder how many kids have gone anyway already. You know, just said, you know, not taking a test and to heck with it. Yeah, to heck with it. I mentioned Aurora, Colorado, the other day. Another yeah. shooting in Aurora. Three more, three more kids at school, at school on campus. I'm telling you. They need to just put a fence around. What that what place. what kind of city is it? What's the medium is, uh, of income of this city? Ima- like, is, is imagine this? imagine this. Denver has improved so much, but I mean, when you take a city and you put it up against the Rockies, it's going to look ugly. I don't care what it is. You could take Vienna, you could take Prague, you could take Brussels. You take a city and you shove it up against the majestic Rockies, it's going to look like an ugly city. No, it's hard to compare. Yeah, so Denver's already got that going against it. No matter what they do, it can't compete with the wonders of nature. Now take the ugliest suburb you've ever seen in your life. Let's think of one. To take. Let's take... Uh, you know, someplace, someplace in Cobb County, outside of Atlanta, okay, or 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 or, or Fairburn, Fairburn, Georgia. You know, some ugly little Ackworth. town, Douglasville, Ackworth. Ooh, Ackworth. Perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> Ackworth, Georgia, as as an outskirt of Atlanta, and that's what Aurora is to Denver. <laughs> all right, that's and that's that's all I can really tell you about. Population three hundred eighty six thousand. Pretty, pretty, oh, pretty no, good it, size. it's a good sized town. It's about the same size as us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just they're just it's just completely full of nuts and nuts with guns, so. That's what we going for. It, did you well, hit, hit whatever music you want to hit? We're gonna keep on going. Well, I'll tell you what, though, Jeff. It's that, it's that satanic airport they got. That's what's doing it. Satanic airport? Yeah, the Denver International Airport. I didn't understand. You Pentagon, don't know about that? Pentagon. I've, I've actually I've, been there twice. I've I don't land, know how I've it's satanic. I've landed there twice. I have no idea how satanic. Oh, you haven't? There's a, a whole bunch of uh, conspiracy theories about the Denver airport. Really? Yeah, you didn't know about that? I, well, I just slid right through there. That probably doesn't speak well of me. I thought it was. I thought it was so here comes one of our guys. I got along with everybody yeah, so here, well. Here, here, yeah. here comes one of our guys. Let's just put him into the front of the line. I actually got to the front of the line once because I bitched. Uh, okay, so duh, uh, we, we hang on to that for a second. Let's do uh, editorial. Editorial is this, duh, same thing. Jerry McDonald, 
Do y'all know who Jeremy <laughs> yeah, Donald is? I've read about this, yeah. Do y'all know who yes. Jeremy Donald is? I do. Yes. I guess I don't. He is a guy that has been a mover and shaker around here for a long time. He's special operations manager and volunteer reserve officer for the city of Red Bank. And he is also one of the big guys with Life Force. Which Erlanger, is owned by Erlanger. Life Force, yeah. owned by Erlanger. All of his information has been removed from the Erlanger Life Force website. I mean, this guy was a real dude. <laughs> they got on that fast. 49 years old, and yesterday the police get a call from a woman who says, y'all might want to come take a look at this. And this guy was supposed to be at work doing one of these important things that lives depend on, and she said he's been dead drunk all day. He didn't go into work. I think you should see this. And they go in and look at his Facebook and he's got posts on his Facebook and texts with this woman that is turning him in who has remained unidentified and he's trying to figure out a way to kill his wife. He wants the girlfriend to help kill the wife because then they can cash in a million dollar insurance policy and live like the kings and queens that they are. Yeah. Direct quote. That should go well. And then his dad apparently lives somewhere and he's got a safe with another million dollar life insurance policy in it. Yeah. So this guy's got the double, you know, indemnity million dollar life insurance, you know, <laughs> extravaganza waiting. All it takes is a murder and whatever he has to do to get rid of his dad. And it's just laying out there in the open, and he wakes up going, oh, what's going on? What's all the cops doing here? And you better, you better go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Why would you write it down? And he, he begs her, begs her, baby, baby, please, I beg you. Look, we got to kill her. We got to kill her. Please kill her, babe. Oh my please, gosh. I'm begging you. I'm saying we kill her, and I collect a million, and we live like the kings and queens we are. This sounds like me playing video games with my girlfriend. Holy kill her, kill her, kill her. Guacamole. <laughs> That's just insanity. It's mm -hmm. insanity, all right? Now, here's a pro tip for any of you uh, would-be murder plotters. Don't text anyone. Don't tell <laughs> anyone about it. What are you doing? It'd be the, it, it's much easier to get away if you don't share the secret with anyone, this much is, less several people. This is why boomers make the worst criminals, because they don't know how you know technology works. They're just like, <laughs> okay, Google, how to kill my wife. You know, and Google's, you know, calls 911. Right. If you Google Satanic Airport, you get it autofills to Satanic Statue Denver Airport. Frickin' told you, mate. <laughs> Apparently, there's this horse <laughs> called Blucifer. Yes. It's paint. Like, we've got the blue rhino here. They have the blue yeah. horse. Yeah, and its eyes glow. <clears throat> and his eyes glow red. And well, uh, have you seen it the, is pretty weird. Have looking. you seen the murals? Look at the murals at the Denver Airport. <laughs> The murals are mm. freaky, too. Well, God knows I had enough time to stare at them. I should have paid attention. There's pages and pages on the true yeah. but weird story of the Denver airport. There Scary Blucifer. Uh, there was a conspiracy theory with Jesse Ventura episode about it. That was a show I used to watch a lot when I was a kid before they canceled Speaking it. Speaking of wrestling. Uh, yeah. It was a great show. And he had Alex Jones on one time to talk about the FEMA camps. Oh, I bet that was. That was amazing. a great show. I <laughs> yeah. love that show. The, 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 the Doug category goes back to the, I'm just going to tell you where it is. It is the column written by Ed Stetzer of Wheaton College, Wheaton College, at the Billy Graham Center. He is a devout Christian. He has written a column basically taking to task those very people I was talking about a second ago, Michael Flynn and others, who spoke at the Reawaken America tour in San Antonio, saying, if we're going to have one nation under God, which we must, we have to have one religion. 
and then it goes on and on and on after that. And this guy uses his learning, his education, his biblical studies to show that that is absolute bunk, Mm -hmm. that Christians have to be willing to tolerate other um, belief systems if they're going to be able to live together in peace. As a matter of fact, there's a direct quote in here. Peace was never an John Leland, a Baptist hero, uh, for years said all should be equally free, Jews, Turks, pagans, and Christians. It's the only way we will ever be able to survive together. And um, and, and it's just a a remarkable, uh, arrogant statement. When you think about the number of Christians on the planet in comparison to the number of Muslims, and you're telling a lot of these people, I'm going to give you the power of Thanos. You can snap your fingers and make them disappear, and they would do it, and they would think the world would be a better place for having been just done away with all of those people who didn't believe as they believed, whether they were good, bad, ill, ugly, young, it doesn't make any difference. And it's and it's getting more and more divided, and that's exactly that's all you have to do. If if somebody just is is says, look. I'm not a traditional Christian. They're going to be held out as, as suspect now in so many areas. But check it out. It's in USA Today, and it was in um, yesterday's paper. Yesterday's paper in USA Today. It's uh, right under the editorial cartoon, and it, it makes a very, very good argument as to why people who make the other argument are pretty much boneheads. And my last one, also in the duh category, as, and this is just an admission on my part. This, this is what happens when you do get older. I mean, older, you know, you, you start, you know, losing mental acuity. You start, you know, getting concussions. You start getting laid up. You start getting injured. Your life changes a thousand times. You've gone through so much stress and rigmarole. And you literally start losing gaps in your life, people. You see somebody's face, you know them, and you cannot come up with their name. These mm-hmm. senior moments, as we like to call yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a, a good one, and I was talking about this yesterday and here with you guys. There's a big write-up in the Times Free Press Sunday section about a local attorney, and it, it's a glowing article. His name is John Anderson. He's, my, he's a little bit older than me, just a couple years older than me. And it gives all this information about his career. He worked for Grant Convalinka and Harris. He did this, he did that, he did this. And what I can't remember is what it was that he and I locked horns about for years. Yeah, yesterday you were lamenting this. I, I, I literally, I cannot remember what the subject matter, what the issue was that set me and John Anderson at opposing forces, tilting at each other. Hmm. And he was on my show multiple times. We actually had debates in front of, you know, live groups about this topic. And I can't remember what the topic is. Well, hopefully somebody does. Isn't that horrifying? I mean, just think about that. That's a big, that was a big chunk of my life. There was a time when that name burned in the front of my cerebellum yeah and and it and i was trying to think of ways to conquer him intellectually and now i can't even remember what the damn thing was and now you can't call him and ask him either he, he's a developer he was a developer so i had to have something to do with development somewhere hmm. that's all that's all i got um probably about marshlands or something 
No, if, if you want to go ahead and do the, you know, what are you doing? We can do it. It's, I, I'm, uh, I got two, I got two things. Going to Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah. yeah. I got, I got. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. What what shopping for there? ingredients? I got reindeer on the riverfront. Oh, That's, I should warn people about something, though. Yeah. Okay, so Publix, Publix, the, the great Roman institution of Publix, uh, has declared through a uh, royal decree that certain items are limited to two per customer. Really? Yes, so those items include canned cranberry sauce. No! Jarred gravy, uh, plastic and paper utensils, Make cups your and own plates. gravy. Who uses jarred gravy? <laughs> Some people <laughs> use jarred gravy. Don't be so judgmental, Jeff. Ew, make <laughs> it yourself. You, what if you're poor? Make it from scratch. Have you never seen a good jar, a good jar of brown gravy when you plop it out? It's, it's, it's exactly gelatinous. the same shape as the jar. Yeah. It plops out and it goes bloop and it goes That's what the sound it makes. It goes, is it shake? That and cranberry sauce, get rid of it. Yeah. Regular gravy is easy to make. And if you make a turkey. No, I'm sure it is, but. There you go. I don't know. Add flour. Whisk it in. We are going after, as soon as I leave here, and we're wasting time talking about, you know, jarred gravy. Because my wife is waiting on me to go shopping for our Thanksgiving stuff, so that is exactly the one thing I've got on my my calendar That's today. Me too. But Same. I put reindeer it's on the river zoo out there. It's going to be the twenty sixth. That's four thirty to eight. And share your Christmas. Let's go and get a plug in for him. <laughs> that is on the tenth of December. My point was in all of that, just if you're going out going shopping at Publix, remember some things are limited. That's all. That's all <laughs> or, I'm trying to help that's, people. That's or, all, no, I, I believe you. Or I, I'm go sure. in, purchase your two, take it to the car, go back in, purchase another two. It's you because of the supply chain. You don't think those razor sharp employees at the Publix who are watching you like yeah, a hog sure. are going to remember you when you come through there that second sure. time? Those well-trained staffers. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? They'll sweep your knee like you. there is pain in this dojo. Yeah, there they, is uh, pain in this public, I guarantee you. They let the, the bag boys conceal carry little twenty two pistols. And they'll yeah. shoot you in the kneecaps if you try it. Yeah, yeah. They still got all those old and, uh, bottles of Aunt Jemima they can't sell anymore. They'll bludgeon you well, in the head if, with those. If, if I don't they carry show them around, up they on Monday. Around, like, like a Billy Club. One of those vinyl bags yeah, and start hitting you. <laughs> Two or three of them in a vinyl bag and just whapping you. Whap, whap. It's like that scene in Full Metal Jacket where he's in the bed. With the soap. With the soap and the socks. Oh, and there's Bad Boys with oh Sean Penn. Yeah. One of his early scenes where he takes all the Coca-Colas. Yeah. And spends all his money, puts them in the pillowcase and beats the yeah. hell out of that guy with it. Oh, that's yeah. what they'll do to you at Publix anyway if you try to buy more than two of these <laughs> items. Don't do it. <laughs> and make your own gravy. Yeah, and make your own gravy. All right, Pim's Corner. Yays, hoorays, booze to use. No, I don't know if she's got that. anything. None of that. Well, yay for Jen. <laughs> She's a jolly good person. She's a jolly good person. Yesterday and the day before, you told us to bring in a reading That's because true. we were initially going to do two shows today. We were. We were going to do a regular show and then a shorter show. Right. And then, and, uh, and then things got in the case. way, and that's okay. So I, I'm actually just going to read this, okay, th- read. this thing. Um, let me preface. This is um, a series of kind of excerpts that were sent in, it was asked by NPR, um, they asked their readers and their listeners to share what about America they're most thankful for. And then they took more than a thousand people from across the country who responded and they sent it all to Kwame Alexander, who is a poet, educator, and novelist 
who uh, wove the voices from across America into a single epic ode, and it goes like this. America, the sun rising behind from houses in the Midwest, the clear mountain rivers of Ma in, Man in Montana. I hope we have the wisdom to treasure all of it. A glimmer of dawn first flickers in Maine from the mountains, magnificent, magnificent weathered beacons of Type of topographical wonder. I'm thankful I may speak my mind. I won't lie. I struggled with this. With all the fighting, hate, and violence, it's been difficult to remember to be thankful. However, when I read stories of people who stand up and speak out for justice and truth, I become immensely grateful and proud of America. Freedom to whisper against kings, my grandmother who carried her green card, in the broken tattoos on her back. I'm thankful that other people are, t are still trying to come here. I'm thankful for the vastness of our borders and the beauty of our natural lands. Sunshine streaming softly while we sip our morning coffee. But across the oceans, our troops fight, ensuring that we keep our, our, our rights to give us a land of the free. For first responders, for hope, I'm thankful, thankful for American history, warts and all, uh, our past full of light and dark. Read the history of heroes and villains. See our country for what it is. Free press and free speech to speak out against injustices in our country. For family, for places to walk safely, places to paddle, arcades of trees, varied, inexpensive food, tools, and workplaces alongside friends who listen, tennis courts, indoor plumbing, to worship whoever we want, to say whatever we want, to go wherever we want, for the public libraries. They raise up voices whom others attempt to silence for diversity, for differences. My son is transgender and I am grateful for those who treat her with respect and kindness. kindness for Kate May, for parties on the 4th of July, for anarchist coffee shops, for church-run thrift stores, hole-in-the-wall barbecue joints, Lake Michigan, Vinnie's Pizzeria in the 90s, beer delivery in snowstorms, for second, third, and fourth chances for forgiveness. I am thankful that my hybrid existence, hinted by my brown skin and slanted eyes, can make sense in America. For many spectacular parks in our nation, from the huge and awe-inspiring Grand Canyon to the tiny neighborhood park with the small playground and pretty benches painted by local artists, I'm grateful that America can change too. For the millions who take, the, to, take to the streets, challenge authority, insist on change, demand justice, resist evil, tell their stories wrought through division, sustained by freedom's hope seeking reunion. I am thankful for America most, most of the time. America lets, me, America lets me connect and play videos with the world. America allows me to play basketball. America gives me a good education. Thank you, America, from the mom and pop shops and rest stops for the back roads and the beaten paths, for the love that greets me when I come home, for the dream to become, the dream to, to 
make a better or different dream ins to inspire and dream of something on the other side of whatever is facing us in the moment for you. I like it. Oh, good. I like it. Who, who, who was it again? This is a, a bunch of different people who, who in sent in their what they're thankful for. And it was put together by Kwame Alexander, spelled okay. K-W-A-M-E, like Alexander, it. a poet, educator, and novelist. I like it. All right. Russell, did you did you do your homework? Did you bring him <laughs> one for the class? I did. I wrote down uh, a really, really... Don't worry, Jeff. That's not it. I, <laughs> I wrote down a really, really, really long thing and edited it and shortened it. And, uh, yeah, it's... You came up with your own. I right? came up with my own, yeah. Right, so flexing his muscle, Russell Stroud has his own reading for the day. It's not quite as directly related to Thanksgiving as well, Jen's is. Uh, it's more... It does have to do with the founding of the country, and it actually starts before uh, there even was a United States. So I'll just get into it, and uh, you can comment on it afterwards, I suppose. Um, on August the 5th, 1772, five ships left Northern Ireland headed for Charleston in the New World, what was called that then. The ships were loaded down with Covenanters, Presbyterians of the Scottish tradition, who were escaping religious persecution at the hands of the English, because at that time, if you weren't Anglican, you weren't nothing, essentially. Uh, leading them was Reverend William Martin. He was a particularly fiery preacher known for his passion for the Word of God and his passion for his congregation. Uh, pretty much everyone in his congregation agreed to leave with him to South Carolina. Reverend uh, Martin brought, uh, bought a tract of land from a plantation owned by one William Stroud Sr. in the Rocky Creek area. On that land, he established Catholic Presbyterian Church, Catholic simply meaning universal. Uh, they accepted anybody who would come there. The members of the congregation saw intense persecution in their new home, too, however. When the Continental Congress signed the Declaration of Independence and war was in full swing, British troops regularly stole livestock and burned down homes of known anti-royalists, which many Covenanters were, given their heritage. Enough was eventually enough. Reverend William Martin preached a sermon on which uh, there is a, a time for peace and a time for war. This, he said, was a time for war. A majority of the men in the congregation did serve in the Revolutionary War. Old William Stroud drove a cart delivering munitions. His son Hampton was in combat, wounded by a musket ball, and he was stabbed with a saber. He was held on a prison ship until the end of the war. William Martin, or sorry, William Stroud's other son, William Jr., was killed. He killed many men in multiple engagements according to family lore. He was eventually captured by the British and hanged. His body was cut down by his sisters several days later a small memorial stone erected by his nieces at the foot of the tree on which he was hanged. Reverend Martin was imprisoned. He was interrogated by General Cornwallis before his release. When asked if he had any reply to the charges of preaching and rebellion levied against him, he said this, As a king, George was bound to protect his subjects in the enjoyment of their rights. Protection and allegiance to go, go together, and when one fails, the other cannot be exacted. The Declaration of Independence is but a reiteration of a principle which our Covenanter fathers have always maintained and have led this nation to adopt. I am thankful you've given me liberty to speak and will abide your pleasure, whatever it may be. He was eventually released. Sometime later, as the British evacuated Charleston, Reverend Martin brought the news to the neighborhood, saying, The British have taken shipping, and may the devil go with them. So, all of that to say, whether your family has history that stretches back to the Revolution like mine does, or if you've just landed here from another place, we all have the same rights on these shores. So give thanks to the men and women who risked everything to get us here, whether it was in 1775 or it was in 2005. Many of them were just regular people put into extraordinary circumstances. 
Nice. Yeah. Mine, I will, uh, I will, I will do my reading in place of my story, but I will do this. Um, Let's get get this out there just before we lose anybody. Since the beginning of time, when I first started doing radio as a host, as a talk radio host, I have always, always, always tried to play the most unusual Christmas music, not the same old Christmas music. And then one day it occurred to me that we didn't have a Thanksgiving song, so we broke out Alice's Restaurant, Arlo Guthrie's classic Alice's Restaurant from 1967. And we played it on Thanksgiving Day, and people loved it, all 18 minutes and 47 seconds of it, and it became a tradition. It's been a tradition ever since. I have been off the air, on the air, off the air, on the air, and I'm doing this podcast. We're going to do Alice's Restaurant, but it will not be attached to this show. It will be a standalone presentation of the original version recorded live, Arlo Guthrie's Alice's Restaurant, which you'll be able to find pretty much wherever you find the show. You'll be able to find it on our Facebook page, and I will post that the morning of. All right, very quickly, just a couple of facts. I'd looked them up before I get to my reading. Uh, The name of the group of Indians that first became friends with the pilgrims and helped them out, do y'all remember? Was it the Wampanoag? Wampanoag. Yes. The reason, one of the things that people don't know is why did the Wampanoag become friends with the pilgrims before any other tribe? because they had been there before. Many of the pilgrims, that was not their first trip to the shores of America. Mm -hmm. A, they didn't land on Plymouth Rock. They didn't establish the colony at Plymouth Bay. They had been there and they had brought smallpox with them and wiped out a bunch of natives. The natives figured it out. They brought something with them that didn't do them much good and they lost about a third of their population. Now the Wampanoags got hit hard their arch enemies, the Kinnipecks, they did not because they stayed away from the white devil settlers in the beginning, and so their numbers had grown very large, and they were beginning to kick Wampanoag ass. Mm-hmm. So here comes the Mayflower, one of two boats that came over. Can anybody name the second boat? It was the it was by far the better of the two, but the captain scuttled it because he didn't want the mission. This is good. This kind of goes back to the terror. It makes you think of yeah. the, the interplay between the two ships and the two captains. It's called the Speedwell. It was Speedwell, called the that's Speedwell. Right. The that's Speedwell right. was the superior ship by all measurements, but it actually ended up basically being taken apart for parts, mm-hmm. and the captain had done that on purpose because he wanted to get off of this chicken you-know-what outfit. And so anyway, the Wampanoags... Interesting to quote aliens they, while talking about the yeah, they see, rock. Yeah, they see the, the, the big masts coming, and this time they run out to them. They say, hey, we're your friends. We're going to help you survive this harsh winter. We need some backup. We're having our asses kicked by this other tribe. A lot of little-known things. Yeah. And we have talked about this before. The Pilgrims, if you saw them on a normal day, and only about 35% of them were there for religious reasons. Mm-hmm. Most of them were there just because they just wanted adventure. They were running from a woman. 
running from a debt, something like that. They were not all Puritans. And a lot of them were there. It took money to get there, too. Yeah, People yeah. don't realize that. A lot of them were politicians who saw political interest and, in going and, to the New World. And some basically became indentured servants, whether they really meant to or not. Yeah. Um, but, but this is, I th- think, one of the interesting things. The picture that we have of the pilgrims, just using this overall word for the catch-all phrase for the colonists, always wearing black and being somber, that is extremely wrong, mm-hmm. extremely wrong. If you had popped in there on a regular Thursday in one of their colonies, you would have seen people dressed just like the Native Americans because that's what worked. They would have switched over to buckskin because cotton wasn't working for them mm-hmm. and wool was too hot and scratchy. They were wearing feathers and beads and bones and other costume-type jewelry stuff. They looked almost... Uh, you know, uh, unmistakably, just like the Native Americans, they were raised around, except for one day a week, which was uh, like a Sabbath. It wasn't the Sunday of the Sabbath, but it was called a day of mourning. And they, the, the religious ones observed a day of mourning once a week where they put on their mourning clothes, and black ink was by far the most expensive ink so therefore, it was your fanciest set of clothes. Yep, and uh, it's it's worth noting too that a lot of them came from the Dutch tradition. That's where the belt buckle thing comes yeah. from. Yeah. Um, but also, um, people have sort of a mistaken view of Puritans in that they were, you know, uber strict, um, and they were religiously, but socially, um, they didn't have any problem with wearing clothes anyone else would wear. There was nothing like that about them at all. There they, were many instances of they drank, they partied, they shared, were regular dudes. Shared uh, showers or bathing areas. Uh, possibly switching mates when it just didn't work out. Mm. When two couples were arguing, sometimes they'd just swap up. Yeah, a, a lot uh, of that... This is all in, in the record. A lot of that comes from... Uh, a lot of that view of them as being backward comes from the Salem Witch Trials, which did not happen the way that society would have you to think it did either. It was not nearly as bad as they would have you think it was. None, nobody was burned at the stake, as an example. All right, well, here is my reading, and this is... Um, you said you watched the show that I did with Clem Powell the other day. What was supposed to be his 500th podcast. It was his 503rd. And because we messed around and put it off and put it off, it turned out to be his 503rd, but still enjoyed it. He, very good. He caught me with a surprise question at the very end mm-hmm. that really I had not thought about. And it's a darn good question. It's been a while since anybody asked me, what book have you read that has never been made into a movie, that yeah. ought to be made into a movie? And I thought and thought and thought and thought, and the show basically ended, and I still hadn't come up with anything, and the music was playing, it was time to go, and all of a sudden I went, Trout Fishing in America. No, you said it. I did. I it did. was I on did. the podcast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I said Trout Fishing in America, and it's really a book of prose by Richard Brodigan. And Richard Brodigan wrote another book called In Watermelon Sugar. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's where Harry Styles got it. But he writes in this beautiful prose. I'm not sure it's a book. I guess if they can make a movie out of a John Irving book or out of a, uh, a Tom Robbins book, as odd as they are, I love they, them. They could possibly make a Richard Brodigan book, but Trout Fishing in America is the name of the main character in the book. That's his name, huh. and he meets other characters who have interesting names that basically describe what they do so you don't have to know any more than that. Mm-hmm. You know everything you need to know about them when you meet them. 
the reason that I love the writing, his Richard Brodigan, he did take his own life. He was disturbed. He had he had mental illnesses. He was very close friends with uh, Timothy Bottoms, the guy that rode the boys on the bus, Hunter S. Thompson, all the other uh, P.J. O'Rourke, and everybody loved him. The women loved him, but he just had a mental illness. He was bipolar, and he 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 lent and leaned towards suicidal behavior. He finally did take his own life one day. But there's a passage in Trout Fishing in America that I think is as much about simple life in America or anywhere else hmm. as there ever has been. And, and, and when you get into to fishing, like these people are into fishing, it is a religion. You understand that. The places you go, the way you tie your own ties, yep. it's a religion. This is just one um, little chapter called Trout Fishing on the Bevel. So it's just prose, but I think it's beautiful, and I'm going to share it with you now. The two graveyards were next to each other on small hills, and between them flowed Graveyard Creek, a slow-moving funeral procession on a hot day creek with a lot of fine trout in it, and the dead didn't mind me fishing there at all. One graveyard had tall fir trees growing in it, and the grass was kept Peter Pan green all year round by pumping water up from the creek, and the graveyard had fine marble headstones and statues and tombs. The other graveyard was for the poor, and it had no trees, and the grass turned a flat tire brown in the summer and stayed that way until the rain, like a mechanic, began in the late autumn. There were no fancy headstones for the poor dead. Their markers were small boards that looked like heels of stale bread. Devoted slob father of. Beloved worked to death mother of. On some of the graves were fruit jars and tin cans with wilted flowers in them. Sacred to the memory of John Talbot, who at the age of 18 had his ass shot off in a honky-tonk November 1, 1936. This mayonnaise jar with wilted flowers in it was left here six months ago by his sister, who is in the crazy place now. Eventually, the seasons would take care of their wooden names, like a sleepy short-order cook cracking eggs over a grill next to a railroad station, whereas the well-to-do would have their names for a long time, written on marble hors d'oeuvres like horses trotting up the fancy paths to the sky. I fished Graveyard Creek in the dusk when the hatch was on and worked some good trout out of there, only the poverty of the dead bothered me. Once, while cleaning the trout before I went home in the almost night, I had a vision of going over to the poor graveyard and gathering up grass and fruit jars and tin cans and markers and wilted flowers and bugs and weeds and clods and going home and putting a hook in the vise and tying a fly with all that stuff and then going outside and casting it up into the sky, watching it float over the clouds and into the evening star. Nice. Wow. Very nice. Yeah, that's really pretty. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Richard Brodigan. Trout fishing in America. Uh, check it out. And that brings us to what? All right. You got any shout outs? I don't I didn't do my homework. So I got well you know what? Y'all y'all took care of that sufficiently. I'll do a couple of shout outs because we didn't get them yesterday and then we'll call it a day. Just about. One other thing. Shotgun shout outs. 
Can't wait till Representative Congressman Chuck Fleischman shows up at the ribbon-cutting ceremonies for the local infrastructure projects he voted against. Hypocrite. <laughs> Republicans have hired Dog the Bounty Hunter to track down Big Bird for missing his court date on COVID propaganda. <laughs> Shame on Blackburn, Haggerty, and Flashman for voting against the infrastructure bill. Hope they don't plan to campaign on how they brought money into Tennessee. They will. Do rural Republican voters understand that every Tennessee GOP representative voted against improved Internet access and repair of roads and bridges in rural areas? Take America back. Dump Trump and his mob of traitors and haters. Rescue the grand old party he hijacked and replaced with his personal cult. Record highs for gas prices, inflation, legals, crime. How's that dim in the White House working for anybody, anybody, anything, any better, anywhere? They're not record highs. Thank you, Mayor Tim Kelly. Recycling is back, and the recycled drivers are now earning a living wage, providing them a decent standard of living. That's just a handful of the shotgun shout-outs we had today, and the only other thing I had left. So much for Thanksgiving. All these people are just bitching. Was this. Um... I'm gonna hate. Oh, I'm gonna hate. A, I'm gonna hate reading this. I have a quick um. It turns out, crabs, octopi, and shrimp have feelings too. This is not something I. I, I well, that's a damn shame. I, I'm it's not, not surprised. It's not something I, I'm proud to be bringing you. It's not something I'm going to be proud to live with because I'm not going to stop being. Now I'm that, a shellfish again, dude, man. That is huh? that is one of our. You know, holiday feasts mm-hmm. is an oyster casserole with lobster in it, uh-huh. and mm. we're huge. We're huge on crabs and and crustaceans where I come from. Apparently, though, lobsters, octopi, and crabs will be recognized as sentient beings in the United States and the UK after new research suggests they have a central nervous system and can feel pain. Of course they yeah. do, and the they're crust- monogamous. The, 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 the decapod Joe Biden's America. And Joe Biden's cephalopod America. mollusks <laughs> will join the animal welfare sentience bill after a study from the London School of Economics and Political Science found that the sea creatures can feel. Oh, so well. does that mean it's animal cruelty to boil them? Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous. I is have that, one more. One is that more. going to stop me? It's the no, only way you can not. do it. Chattanooga yeah. Football Club is searching for a new men's head coach after head coach Peter Fuller recently parted ways with the team. Fuller was uh, associate head host, head coach. coach. Sorry. I don't have my glasses on. Huh? I apologize. Uh, uh, in 2019, before being promoted to head coach for the 2020 season. So they are looking... Okay. When did that happen? A couple days ago. Uh, yeah, a couple days ago. Well, no wonder we've been sending some mopey looks around here. <laughs> I've had a couple of conversations because we, you know, share the the studios here, the yeah. Lodge Cast Iron Studios. We share the building with the CFC and a couple of other organizations, and I've seen some very worried looks and some very uh, hushed and important looking meetings behind closed doors. Yeah, John, right. I think you and I like walked in on one of the last meetings he had with the players. Probably, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what does the custodian say to when he jumps out of the closet? Supplies! Alright, I'm going to end on that. <laughs> we that wasn't ended, a real laugh. We could have we ended shorter. 
we could have ended that. You could have, we could have actually, you could edit that out, bro. Your words pierce my heart and injure my soul. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. I'm still irritated by the 14th floor guy. <laughs> yeah, freaking the Re- penguin. Re- Rebecca, Rebecca turns on today's podcast, and it's all right. There's a guy. He's walking away. She goes, "They didn't ever solve that." I said, "No, they they finally do at the end of this show." She goes, "I might have to listen to the whole show." I said, "Hell yeah, that's the way it works." That's the way it works. You don't, you don't. You, do, right, you want to hear nothing? Fine. Not really. I guy, do. Guy goes into a restaurant, sits down, orders albatross. <laughs> they bring him out a plate of food. He takes one bite, puts it back down, walks out of the building, and kills himself. Why? Albatross the bird? Yeah. All right. Who eats albatross? We'll figure that out. He's got a, that's, that's it. That's all you got. He's got a giant yes, albatross around his yes, neck. Yes or no questions his or irrelevant. an albatross. Walks into a restaurant, orders albatross, sits down, takes one bite, puts his fork down, walks outside, and kills himself. <laughs> this like pandas eat shoots and leaves. Yep. You guys have a great Thanksgiving. Be Happy grateful. Happy Thanksgiving. Be Happy grateful. Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spreading the word around. Thank you for helping us help ourselves, help the economy, help the nation become a better world.